0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very accomplished professional from Cambridge, UK, Cindy Ford. Cindy, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks very much, Ashutosh. It's such a pleasure to be with you today.
0: Cindy is the founder of Planetari. She's an author and she's a speaker. So uh, Cindy, let me start by asking you that, you know, you state, your career has been dedicated to transforming how you understand and act as human beings uh, toward Earth, the living system that sustains us. Help me a little bit about your journey and give me a couple of examples.
1: Well, um, yeah, I think I've been quite lucky in a way, Ashley Tosh. I think we realise in this day and age that there's a lot about our system that isn't working. It was Mm -hmm. designed for a purpose quite some time ago that isn't working now. So Mm -hmm. we've got our systems crisis, if you like, the planetary, um, the dreadful global warming, biodiversity loss and now a massive economic crisis. But I was quite lucky because I had quite radical parents who never quite told us to believe in this system they showed us other things you know they were they were activists themselves in the civil rights movement in the anti-apartheid movement in the environment movement so we really grew up kind of in a way with our eyes looking to wider possibilities of how we might live on earth as human Mm -hmm. beings so that's always been a core of my journey Mm -hmm. and then as a younger person you know I was an activist myself and then I went on to work in different parts of the system for example at the rise of corporate social responsibility I was very lucky in -hmm. the UK at that time to be uh, you know one of the co one of the early founders of or, or um originators of a, of a communication company that looked at CSR mm-hmm. I looked I worked in the SRI uh, industry that's working in the finance section on socially responsible investment which is now been called environment ESG mm-hmm. so you know look and I, I ran the Blue Marine Foundation which is a, um, a global oceans uh, conservation organization I also ran the Cambridge Science Centre which tries to take science and discovery to very young children so there's you know there's quite a lot of you no, know, quite deliberately looking at ways that we can mm. try to make our world a better, I think probably a better place is the wrong term, but trying to shift really how we think as human beings so that we can live within the limits of the planetary boundaries, which mm. I think is what we now, you know, mm. what, what, what we're now engaged in working out how to do if we're going mm. to be successful as a species.
0: Very interesting. And what are the, the different areas uh that uh, the earth faces as challenges that you are addressing?
1: Well as I said I've taken on I've looked at the financial system which is when my in my days working in the SRI funds I ran the Blue Marine Foundation which is Uh the global oceans conservation organization because obviously 70% of our earth is water and uh, is ocean and oceans do the biggest job really in, in um carbon sequestering and creating oxygen for us. But you're quite right, you know, that's a very good question, Ashutosh, because these are fragmented things in a way, unless we can come together and create this, this understanding of how this works as a whole, mm-hmm. then we, you know, we, we might have individual solutions, but we really do need this joined up, coordinated mm-hmm. answer. So for me, probably the most um interesting challenge is how do we raise a generation of human beings that think differently. So instead mm-hmm. of sticking the plasters on the disasters that are happening now, mm-hmm. we have humans that are enabled to um, to understand how earth works as an interconnected system yeah. and who are the innovators and entrepreneurs of whatever it is, whether they're astrophysicists or hairdressers or chemists, as you, you know, entrepreneurs in the, the pharmaceutical era, as you yourself uh, were they know how to do this kind kind of work in a way that doesn't tip Earth's uh, planetary mm. boundaries into the, the, the disastrous trajectories we're in now so that's why i focused um on education trying to create education uh systems that enable children to 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 be eco-literate from the world word go but in a very positive way so the focus is on transformation we know we're yeah. in a tight spot, but we have the solutions to get out of it. Mm. What are they? How do we apply them so that we can build this brighter world?
0: You also uh, do a lot of work on climate change, isn't it?
1: Well, in, I work on climate change in that I need to understand it so that we know how to um, to combat it in the, in the education materials that I, I create, in the books that I write, and latterly I founded or co-founded a company called Mm CanDo, which is an app. It's an app which will enable people to get paid to work for Earth. So then we look for jobs. You can sign up just like Uber. It's like Uber for Climate. It's launching in April. So you can sign up on this platform and you can look for jobs in your area and you get paid for them. And now those jobs will be primarily ones that enable mitigation of climate change.
0: Hmm. So for my viewers and listeners, would you be able to talk a little bit about the impact of climate change on food, health and our planet?
1: Well, I think it's probably, uh, yeah, I'm very happy to do that. But I think I probably sort of look at it the other way around. It's our current systems that are causing The the climate change. So in the the children's book that I wrote, um, which is published in October, it's called Bright New World. Mm -hmm. It looks at the wonderful world we can have Mm -hmm. if we did everything. um, All the solutions are here now, Ashutosh. It's really how we think and how we enable ourselves to apply them. That's the Mm -hmm. barrier. So the book opens, it, it looks at the key pressures on our system at the moment, which are things like food, transport, energy, how we treat our carbon sinks, our oceans, our mm. rainforests, how we educate women, girls, mm. um, how we think very much as well, and our, as well as our economic system. So it looks at these these areas, and it looks at these are now the problems, mm. but what this is how they could be transformed into mm. solutions. So each of those um, areas looks at you know why why is why is our industrial food system causing such impact? Why is it causing climate change? You know, that's prob- that's primarily because it has I won't take up the whole time speaking about that because in some ways they're quite complex mm-hmm. issues, but you know, the, the food system, for example, there's so much land use that mm-hmm. is now used for agriculture primarily for meat production right. in the, 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 the rainforest, the Amazon rainforest. So huge tracts of that are being uh, raised so that, um, that's, that you can produce the soy to feed the cattle mm. or that you can produce and, and after that, you know, the, 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 the soy plantation, sometimes they're used for grazing the cattle. So I think it, I, I don't quite have all the. I, I can tell you that mm. um, 96% of all mammalian life, excluding humans, is food, are animals that are raised to eat. So the only four percent of animals left now on Earth, mammals, are wild animals. So that's you know that's that's totally and utterly unsustainable balance. Mm -hmm. And in order to feed that many animals for us to eat, we have to dedicate. I think it's about, I I I don't know misquote the statistics, but it's over fifty percent of the habitable land on Earth Mm -hmm. has to be dedicated to. Okay. That kind of food, so the imbalances are massive, and they're not sustainable, and yet there mm. are incredibly you know workable solutions to enable us to feed everybody on earth mm. very well, but it does require a massive rethink of how we how we of the industrial food system, which is devastating us. It might be providing some of us with something to eat now, but it's it's going to starve us all well, in so. the future, absolutely.
0: And and continuing with your book, uh, you know, the Bright New World, uh, since it's addressed to children, and you've already released the book, what has been the response from a lot of the children and their parents?
1: Well, so far, we've had a really wonderful response. I'm extremely grateful for that. I, I deliberately wrote in my, obviously, I, you know, I love children, I love working with children. But when you work with children, mm-hmm. you do speak. Speak to families, to the parents, families, schools. It's gone into schools. It's gone you know, fantastic projects evolving around it. Whereas you know, um, whole school groups in um, in the areas are um, are aligning to do projects around mm. the themes of the book. So that's you know, that's exactly what I intended it uh, to be. Uh, something that can take on a life of its own, really, mm. to present this vision. For um, for a bright new world to our wider community and in- invite them to be people that can get involved and can mm. be part of co-creating it rather than just being a static thing that sits there. You read it, mm. that's nice, you know, move on. But to actually engage and to be part of creating the kind of world—it's a blueprint, if you like, for the world that we can have. And yeah. we we get that to that blueprint if everybody rolls up their sleeves and takes a part in mm. um, in co-creating it.
0: So well said. And, you know, I was speaking to somebody else the other day, and they said that every child today is, is an activist for climate change. You know, it's almost as if it's gone into their their DNA on how important it is to protect the earth that they've come into now.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ashley Tosh. That's really encouraging. I, I. I... I do agree with you children are born eco-literate they get it there's enough information out mm-hmm. there now for it to for it to make sense yep. what they instinctively feel uh you know they know they're right and there's, there's enough information for them to know that they can mm. do something about it what I think does need to change though is that more of that needs to be built into our education system I think we still have a curriculum that was based on the world as it was rather than the world as it is now and a mm. lot of young people have very frustrated that they have to be taught to test, if you like, they have to pass these exams, which were set to give them the qualifications that they needed, mm-hmm. you know, as I say, for the world 20, 30 years ago, and not for the world that they're gonna step out in now. For example, mm-hmm. you know, you've just said that, they're, they're entrepreneurs, they've got this will to fix earth, mm-hmm. so they need to be educated in a way that enables them to understand you know, what the key problems are and how they can be part of the large scale solutions and move into these regenerative jobs, right. of which right. there are many and more emerging. Yeah,
0: well said. You know, the, the other thing that's very interesting is that uh, in in the 90s, we used to, I used to live in Singapore as well. And since you've lived there, Maha, Prime Minister Mahathir of Malaysia actually said in Brazil, that the developed world used all their natural resources to develop their economies. And now when we want to use our rainforest, they told us, tell us not to do so. Yeah. Has climate change become a victim of politics?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good question, um, Ashutosh. And you raise one of the most, you know, you go to the, the crux of the matter. You know, people want, and with absolutely good reason, to live mm-hmm. in, you know, with, with good standards of living developed worlds. And and yes, colonization is at the root of climate change, the absolute mm-hmm. pillage and sack of the global south to in, in order to, you know, enrich the global north and those patterns are hard baked in even in the finance in the institutions that we have today the wild the imf the world bank and so yes it has because that, that that wealth has to be now redistributed you cannot expect global south countries to be able to protect not only just to take the adaptations that are necessary to um to mitigate climate change uh, but to yeah that, that those are costly. Um and to protect to, to instead of you know these are the global commons, the rainforests of, mm. of Borneo of Malaysia of, of Malaysia, mm. of the, of South of Southeast Asia, of, of the Amazon. They are the global commons. Mm. They are they create air for all of us, they sequester carbon for all of us. So it cannot be down to the global south countries mm. to protect these without huge investment to make it worth you know, economically feasible mm. for them to do so. So that one of what we're seeing emerging at the last. COP, the um uh you know, reparations committee is a is a first step of something that happens, needs to be accelerated and happen needs to happen much more urgently mm. for um you know for the equity to be present in our world that will enable us to find these shared solutions.
0: Interesting. The other question that I also wanted to get your thoughts on was the pandemic. You know, we we've, we've just uh hopefully coming out of the pandemic. But over a three year period, it is said that a lot of nature managed to heal herself. I mean, you know, in India, suddenly we, saw, we started to see mountain ranges that were 200 kilometers away. Uh, we started to see uh, deer walking around in, in the Scandinavian cities. We saw penguins strolling around in parts of South Africa. We saw bears coming out in the, in the cities in Canada. What are your thoughts on uh, the the pandemic and human beings giving a chance for Mother Nature to heal herself?
1: Yeah, that's another lovely question, Ashutosh. I mean, Earth. The good news is that Earth does regenerate. Uh, oceans actually regenerate the fastest of all I think within yep. 30 years you can you know re- regenerate whole marine ecosystems even mm. the rainforest they you know you can get reforestation I yep. think, within 50 to 80 you don't get the biodiversity full the biodiversity back but you do get the um, you do get the the uh, canopy so yes it can, that that was i hope that would seem mm-hmm. as something hugely encouraging to us all that we can it's not it's not it, it shows that it's, it is entirely possible for earth to regenerate mm-hmm. and if we if we halt the damage now mm-hmm. then we can move to this 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 phase of, of regeneration what does need to change though is is our relationship back to your statement about my work mm-hmm. with earth we need to stop viewing earth as this um mound if you like or dead lump of raw materials Mm -hmm. and actually understand ourselves as part of this Mm -hmm. ecosystem this is our external life support system in the same way that our hearts our lungs our kidneys keep us alive inside Mm -hmm. our natural world is our external life support system and if we see it that way then we'd Mm -hmm. be far less likely to damage and, and destroy it so we need to find those ways of living In balance Mm. with our natural world, which means does thirty leaving much more of our world to natural spaces, so they can provide these essential services that Mm. keep us all alive. Really,
0: Mm. there's also another uh, discussion that's going on on how can technology change or support uh, climate change.
1: Well, I think human beings are an absolutely incredible species. You know, we're we're really amazing, a truly mm. amazing species, and we we create brilliant things. I think sometimes, though, we we're like a child a, a child with a new toy, mm. you know, and we play with these things. And you know, the, the sophistication of what we've created, you know, from an iPhone, more computing power in your hand mm. than sent you know a, a person to the moon in oh. the 1960s it's, it's just incredible so i think there's a, there's a kind of growing up phase which i think i hope i like to think that we're in mm. that we use our brilliant, brilliant technology instead of to do the rather Some you know, these things can be fun but they're often quite basic mm. um you know superficial and quite i hate to use the word but often quite name things mm. to do things that are really transformational the tech is brilliant but again it comes down to the um the mindset you know we have this incredible technology but at the moment our mindset is you know is 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 not quite there that we Mm -hmm. turn it into we, we use it to help us you know we use it to monetize to make lots of money to keep people hooked on these quite can sometimes pernicious loops, you know, the the, the, the social media, mm. which can be very powerful, but it can also be quite hurtful and harmful. Mm. So it's understanding that we have this powerful tool, but it doesn't matter how powerful the tool is unless we have the mindset to know mm. how to deploy it mm. differently. And there are some incredible solutions that mm. tech would enable us to do. To, Fascinating. To be part of.
0: yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for the great response. So you have time for two more questions. My next question is. Uh, and this is for a lot of people who are listening to us, how can each one of us make ourselves more accountable to one another when it comes to climate change?
1: Yeah, that's a, a lovely question, Ashutosh. I mean, I think we are all part of an e- interconnected system. You know, we are every single one of us is, is very important matters and what we do as an individual has mm. a, an effect on, on the whole. So I think that, you know, really honour yourself and, and know that you can, some people say, oh, I can't, I'm just too small, I'm just this little mm. insignificant person, I can't, meet. but we are all individual, unique and important and the mm. tiny steps that we do, if you put those all together, then we can um, make a, a big difference, that's part of what can do is about the app that we're developing, it, you know, you, you take these small actions, they can be changes in your personal habits, just mm. like, you um, you know, deciding you're going to eat meat a little bit less each week or you're going to buy secondhand clothes or just a small action or it could be you decide to sign up for one of our jobs and you go out and you help to yeah. plant some mangroves, or you help mm-hmm. to you know plant some trees mm-hmm. but eat, when you when you take those actions you see how the aggregate of those has an impact so you know from the people in New Delhi who did this you know one thing today you can look at a regional map and see my god there were actually 50,000 of us in New Delhi that did this Mm -hmm. today and look if you look at the world map you can see this is how many of us in the world took action today and then that shows you how that has affected the planetary boundaries you know what so and if if everybody said oh I know it's not gonna I can't make a difference then you wouldn't have any of that um that global impact so I hope Mm -hmm. that the, the way that we're designing the app will really enable people to see how important they are and how mm. each little, even if they don't manage to do it every day. So you managed it once a week, that's good. Mm. You know, that's enough. And then when you see the effect that this is happening, then you can hopefully be inspired to do it twice a week and then three times a week and, and gradually make a shift well, and so. these these become habitual, like cleaning your teeth really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Bite-sized milestones, isn't it? So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And my last question you said, Ian, this is for, all our viewers and listeners, uh, based on your understanding of climate change, and all the work that you're doing with Planetari and uh, that you will be doing with the Can Do app. What would you say are three lessons or three messages, you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from our conversation?
1: Oh, thank you very much. Um, I would say, um, believe in yourself that mm-hmm. you can make a difference. Um, It's very important to collaborate. So, you know, reach out, be part and be active in your um, local community. And thirdly, I would say, you know, believe that we can do it, have hope. This is a huge opportunity for humans to transform our world into something that's actually better than we've had before. So believe it's possible Mm. and take that chance.
0: Well said, well said. On that note, Ah, uh, Cindy, and your three amazing messages or lessons: believe in yourself. Second, you said is collaborate, and third one, you said is believe we can do it. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your uh, journey with climate change. Thank you for talking to me about Planetari. Thank you for speaking to me about your book, uh, Bright New World. I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go and check out Cindy Ford's book, Bright New World. I will go and do the same. And thank you for speaking to me about your Can Do app. Thank you again, and good luck.
1: It's been such a pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much, Ashutosh.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals.